The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 1,328. Today, it is a Rebels briefing on Doom, the 11th episode from season 4 of Star Wars Rebels. Punch it, Chewie. Hello, everybody. I'm Greg Proops. You may know me as Fode from The Phantom Menace. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. I love you, Alan. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this is a full spoiler podcast, so if you have not seen the episode and don't want it spoiled for you, then save this podcast for a later date. Otherwise, if you're okay with it being spoiled or you've already seen the episode and just want to commiserate, then let's dive right in. So this is another quiet episode in its way. Yes, it was certainly an action-packed Jedi Knight, even though the music was very calming and subdued. And it's a similar thing that we have in the Doom episode as well. There is action. I mean, Sabine and Zeb have their own way of dealing with the loss of Kanan. And in fact, really that's what this episode amounts to, is how the various characters deal with the death of Kanan. Primarily the ghost crew, but it also has an effect on Ryder Azadi, who has been leading what passes for a rebellion on Lethal, like the local rebel leader. And he doesn't think that there's anything more to do. They're basically done. They're toast. It's time to walk away from the fight. That's according to Ryder Azadi. Now, that's just one way of looking at it, obviously. And Sabine and Zeb, they take the anger out. They want to go attack. And that becomes very critical because we have Thrawn appearing via hologram to talk to Governor Price and we find out that it really is a bad thing what Governor Price did. Yeah, maybe she got Kanan and there is a value to that for the Empire, but at what cost? The TIE Defender program has been compromised according to Thrawn because there's no fuel for the factories and Governor Price was going to throw a parade as a celebration of how they've defeated the rebels and they're so happy, everybody should be happy, everybody's going to be required to attend this parade, but really what Governor Price is doing is like telling people to take the day off so that they don't go to a TIE Defender factory that isn't working, and she's trying to cover the whole thing up, but Thrawn sees right through that. Surprise, surprise. And so he actually tells Rook, his bodyguard, that the rebels are going to act irrationally in the wake of this horrible loss for them, and Rook should be ready to dispatch anybody who makes a mistake like that, which it looks like Sabine and Zeb are going to get caught in that trap, and thankfully they don't, but Rook senses, I guess through his amazing tracking abilities, that Zeb has been around because he can really smell Lasat characters for some reason, and he ends up tracking Sabine and Zeb. They try to set up an ambush for him, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way. Whatever Rook is 
wherever he comes from, he somehow has personal cloaking technology. He's got a little thing on his wrist, like a watch that he goes beep boop, and suddenly he's invisible. And he starts to get the better of Sabine and Zeb. I guess we're actually in our in brief portion of the episode here. So that's what's happening. Ultimately, they get the better of him, spray paint him liberally, and send him back to Imperial-occupied territory, along with a homing beacon as well. So I'm sure that's going to play a role in later episodes. Meanwhile, Hera is in absolute shock and grief over the loss of Kanan and does a beautiful thing. The gesture that she takes to remember Kanan by, by adding a adding a piece to the Kalakori to represent him and his contribution to her family and being a part of her family was a very touching moment, as was Chopper rolling up to Hera when she's by herself and reaching out his little mechanical hand to hold her hand, too. That was very touching indeed. But the real crux of the episode is centered on Ezra and his reaction to this, and he just, you know, he's devastated, too. He can't believe that he's lost Kanan. He doesn't know what to do with himself. It's not something that Kanan ever prepared him for. And the Lothwolves show up, and they are angry as all get out. They're growling. They look like they're going to attack Ezra, and he gets scared, and he runs. The wolves chase him down and knock him over and knock him out, actually, and he wakes up in the middle of the night with no Lothwolves around, tries to find his way back, but can't. He just gets lost and falls asleep on this mound out in the middle of the prairie, wakes up, well, doesn't wake up, uh, but has a vision with a giant loth wolf that says, I am Doom, D-U-M-E, is what it's supposed to be. And of course, it begs the question of whether Kanan is already reincarnating as an animal, as a spirit animal, if you will, as opposed to a force ghost. I don't know if this is something that exists maybe in that book, The Jedi Path, you know, the one that Ryan Johnson used as a reference for force powers for The Last Jedi, even though it's no longer a canon reference book because it came out before 2014, but obviously, you know, creators are going back into this stuff, but be that as it may, we don't yet have any sort of confirmation for the notion that Kanan is inhabiting this wolf and it's a dream situation anyway, so it could be anything at this point. And in the dream, the Lothwolf Doom has a significant message to share with Ezra, and that we're going to talk about after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So we talked about how the next two episodes, Wolves and a Door and A World Between Worlds, have to do with the Jedi Temple on Lothal and the Imperials having something in mind for it and Ezra having some sort of revelation inside of it. Well, we're getting the setup for that right now because 
According to Doom, the Lothwolf, the Jedi Temple is in danger, and here's what has to happen. Like, they have to fight together. That presumably means not just the Rebels, but the Lothwolves with them as well. And why, you may ask? Well, the Lothwolf says danger and secrets within. What are those secrets? It's knowledge and destruction. And the Lothwolf says that they have to restore past, redeem future. So... <laughs> very enigmatic but there's a stone tablet that gets dropped nearby Ezra in the dream and of course it's there when he wakes up too Ooh, how mysterious and the timing of this couldn't be better because the rebels realize that with the destruction of the fuel depot the tie defender factory has been shut down which was the whole point of what they were trying to do in the first place Granted, it's a temporary thing until they get more fuel, unless it turns out that Palpatine decides to cut the budget, but they don't know anything about that. All they know is that, hey, no fuel, no factory, that's a win, even though it was at a horrible cost. But they have no time for their sorrows because something bad is about to happen with the Jedi Temple unless the rebels can prevent the Empire from making that bad thing happen. And that's what we're going to find out more about next week when we get another double episode dose of Star Wars Rebels. And so that, my friends, is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you shut down all the garbage smashers on the detention level, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com slash sw7x7. It's not your cursed metal body, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!